How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Fan Early Morning Show, and I'm Sean Myers talking to you through the next 40 or so minutes before I turn things over to the real professionals, Adam Crowley, Doran Dickerson, and Shelby Cassessi. But I want to take an opportunity for the next few segments to talk about some of the things that I am very interested in and hope that all the listeners out there will also be interested in. And if they want to join the conversation, certainly I welcome them to do so. Feel free to call in at 412-928-9370 if they want to chime in on their thoughts about anything that I'm discussing or anything sports-related. But I begin with what I think will be, to this point, the biggest college football game of the 2023 season. That will take place Saturday at noon in Columbus as the Penn State Nittany Lions travel to play the Ohio State Buckeyes, a top 10 matchup. Ohio State ranked number three in the country, albeit a little bit of a down year to this point for Ohio State. Crazy to say that the number three team in the country doesn't look up to its typical standards. I think that is the consensus so far for Ohio State. Penn State actually dropped down a spot over the last couple of weeks, but the Nittany Lions have been very impressive, really have not been tested to this point. And so it sets the stage for, again, what is probably the biggest matchup to this point of the season, not necessarily the two best teams meeting, but it is a matchup that will likely determine in some degree which team could potentially advance to the college football playoffs. Remember the last year with just four teams getting in, the winner of this game will clearly have the inside track, at least for the next couple of weeks in terms of making the college football playoffs. So we know that it's practically a guarantee that at least one team out of the Big Ten will make the tournament. There's a real chance, if things play out like last year, that two teams could make it. Remember, it was both Michigan and Ohio State that cracked the top four last year. And so... This game has real significance, certainly in this area. There's plenty of Penn State fans, a lot of Ohio State fans, and just as many people, if not more, who root against the Nittany Lions and the Buckeyes. But all eyes will be on that matchup at noon on Saturday. And first, I'll start by saying I am not a fan of a noon kickoff for a game of this magnitude. Certainly, it feels like one that should be under the lights in primetime, but Fox paid a lot of money. They get their big noon game with the Buckeyes, and the Nittany Lions, which means we get three and a half hours of Gus Johnson, which, depending on your perspective, is a great thing or something that you're not looking forward to. Gus is uh, definitely a character, but uh, I know the focus will be on the field because this is 
Two of the best teams to this point of the season and teams that are absolutely loaded with future NFL talent. Each and every year, Ohio State, just a football factory. And Penn State under James Franklin, at least over the past half decade, I think is getting to that same opportunity of putting guys in the league each and every year who not only just become NFL players, but really standout players. You think of Micah Parsons, of course, maybe the best defensive player in football. Plenty of offensive guys like Saquon Barkley and I could spend the rest of this early morning show running down all the Ohio State guys who have thrived in the NFL. The interesting aspect about this matchup, before I get into the the nuts and bolts of it, is the team that loses this one still could potentially have a path to get into the playoffs, I believe. Now, it's still early enough in the season, although we're about halfway through the college football season, that you suffer a loss, you're going to drop down pretty significantly in the standings. Number seven, Penn State, you're probably looking at dropping either out of the top 10 or maybe into that 10th spot with a loss. Now, they would just be a one-loss team, but ranked seventh, meaning there's a lot of teams already ahead of them who have the same record. Ohio State certainly would drop a little bit. They would fall behind Penn State if the Nittany Lions were to win. Where did the Buckeyes end up? I don't know, maybe eight, somewhere around that, seven, eight, potentially even nine. So it would be kind of an uphill climb for which other team comes up short on Saturday. But when you really think about the scenarios down the road, Penn State plays Michigan on, I believe, November 11th. So a couple of weeks after this contest. And then the regular season in the Big Ten concludes with Ohio State and Michigan a few weeks after that. If Ohio State were to lose this game, yeah, they dropped down Out of the top four, certainly. Penn State leapfrogs them. So then they are third in the Big Ten in terms of the rankings, third in terms of record behind both Penn State and Michigan. But let's say Michigan defeats Penn State and then Ohio State defeats Michigan. Ohio State will have had the last victory of those three teams. And at that point, with their reputation, will the committee potentially favor Ohio State Over Penn State, if the Nittany Lions have one loss, the Buckeyes have one loss, the Wolverines have one loss because Ohio State, again, will have had the most recent victory from the perspective of when the committee's putting everything together as far as which team would make the playoffs out of the Big Ten. So there's certainly a path if Ohio State loses this game, as long as it's competitive, that the Buckeyes could potentially make the playoffs. Obviously, they would have to win out and be pretty impressive in a victory over Michigan, which is anything from a given at this point after the Wolverines, for the first time in a long time, have had the Buckeyes' number in recent campaigns, winning each of the past two years where Jim Harbaugh seemingly has finally figured out how to get past Ohio State. On the other side, for Penn State, you lose this game as long as, again, it's a competitive loss. You can't afford to get blown out if you're the Nittany Lions. That might kind of put a dagger in your postseason hopes if you drop a three-score or four-score game. But you could look back at this one about a a month down the road and say Penn State lost on the road at Ohio State, but they were competitive in that game. They went in as the underdog, so they weren't expected to win. It wasn't necessarily a disappointing showing if they come up just short and play competitively. But then for the Nittany Lions, if they knock off Michigan, which Michigan at worst will be the third-ranked team, if not one or two, when they head to Beaver Stadium on November 11th, Penn State then gets right back in the mix with a win against Michigan. 
And then you hope not that Ohio State runs the table at that point because the Buckeyes would clearly be the number one team. If you're Nittany Lions, you hope that Michigan knocks off Ohio State. It's a three-way tie atop the Big Ten standings in the East. And then as it currently stands, and certainly it looks like it's going to play out like this over the next month plus, Penn State actually would win the tiebreaker between the three teams meaning that the Nittany Lions then go on to play in the Big Ten Championship. Whoever comes out is going to be heavy, heavy favorites, multiple touchdown favorites, you suspect, in the Big Ten Championship game. So if the Nittany Lions lose against Ohio State on the road on October the 21st, but then they defeat Michigan and then they win the Big Ten Championship game, I think that they clearly at that point would have to be the team that you favor heading into which team could make the playoffs out of the Big Ten. And again, there might be a scenario if things go poorly around the rest of college football and the other conferences, including the Pac-12. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. And the ACC that maybe you do get two teams in out of the Big Ten again. But really what matters on Saturday is that it is the biggest opportunity in quite a while for Penn State to try to really put college football on notice. We have heard time and time again, and justifiably so, that the Nittany Lions have not been able to get past the juggernaut Buckeyes under James Franklin. Penn State has won just once with Coach Franklin at the helm. They are 1-8 and eight against Ohio State. That lone victory was a memorable one. 2016 on the blocked field goal attempt, returned for a touchdown. Penn State probably should have made the playoffs that year. They did not, despite beating Ohio State, despite winning the Big Ten championship. It was the Buckeyes who went. I don't know if that would happen again this year again. We kind of went through some of the potential scenarios, but it feels like if Penn State wins this game, they kind of prove the hype was justified because people have said this might be the best team in James, James Franklin's 10 years. I would say maybe the 2017 team might have been the most talented to this point, but they have a quarterback that a lot of people think could establish himself as one of the best in all of college football if he has a good performance on Saturday. That is Drew Aller, and it is a very unique and interesting juxtaposition of quarterbacks in this one as Drew Aller, Penn State's sophomore, true sophomore, who saw a little bit of playing time a year ago behind Sean Clifford but never really got a significant amount of snaps in a single game. He saw reserve duty, mop-up duty, came in a few times briefly, including in a road win at Purdue to open the season. That was probably his most hostile environment, I would say, that Aller played in last year. And this year, while Nittany Lions fans remember that they went on the road to begin their conference at Illinois, won that game with relative ease, this is going to be the most adverse environment that Drew Aller has ever faced. It is also a situation where he will likely be playing from, at some point in the game, likely be playing from behind, and we'll see what he's made of because, really, Penn State 
even though they've gotten off to some sluggish starts this year, they have never really been in jeopardy of losing a game. They have won most of their games comfortably, never have even had to play their starters for the entirety of a game by and large. So this could be a scenario where it's his first crack at it. And Aller, as I mentioned, is uh, an interesting scenario because he is from Ohio. He was a Penn State commit. And as he started to skyrocket up recruiting rankings and become one of the most heralded quarterbacks in the country as a recruit, Ohio State tried to swoop in with a late offer and get their uh, get their guy out of Ohio, get him to stay in the Buckeye State. He did not. He stayed true to his commitment to Penn State. But on the other side, Kyle McCord, the starting quarterback in his first year for Ohio State, and yeah, it was a rocky start for him. He seems like he's righted the ship and he's got an uh, incredible collection of talent around him to kind of ease that transition as well to the starting role. He played high school football in Pennsylvania. So Ohio State has a Pennsylvania quarterback. Penn State has an Ohio quarterback. Kyle McCord, of course, from the Philly powerhouse St. Joe's prep. So that makes for an interesting aspect. Of course, one of the big question marks for the Buckeyes, will they have their full allotment of skilled players? We know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be the number one guy for them offensively, rightfully so, might be the best player in the entire country. Certainly amongst non-quarterbacks, he's in that discussion probably with the likes of Brock Bowers from Georgia. But Harrison is outstanding. Their number two receiver, Emeka Egbuka, is a question mark because he has missed time. Seems like he'll probably play. I would suspect that he will, but we don't know for sure if he will, what degree of health he will be playing with. Certainly doesn't seem like he's going to be at 100%. Him being even 80 or 90% is pretty darn good, though. And then Travion Henderson, their star running back, has also missed some time. Will he be available? I think the health and status of those two will be a big component of how this game could potentially play out. Penn State, on the other side, is pretty healthy. The only real question mark for them is J.B. Nelson, who is a local guy, Mount Lebanon product. Certainly, uh, I would think that Adam Crowley will be rooting for him to play. But he is uh, the only real question mark in terms of health uh, among significant players for Penn State. The Nittany Lions have been pretty lucky in that regard. They will have nearly all hands on deck. This is an opportunity for them to do something that just really they have not been able to do for a long, long time. That is one, beat Ohio State. We mentioned it only happened once under James Franklin. And two, win at Ohio State, which has never happened under James Franklin. I think you have to go back, oh, what, more than a decade at this point. I remember Terrell Pryor's freshman year, I believe, with the Buckeyes. Penn State won that game on the road. But teams rarely win in Columbus. Penn State almost never wins in Columbus. It's going to be a massive opportunity for the Nittany Lions. And it seems like they've got the talent at this point to kind of match up against Ohio State. Will they be able to come through in crunch time on the road, however? That is, I think, a bigger question than how they match up player on player in terms of talent against the Buckeyes because for the first time in a long time I think in the trenches it is more a little bit on even terms as opposed to the Ohio State Buckeyes just really dominating with their defensive line against the Nittany Lions offensive line that should be a little bit more even and then the the D line in particular the defensive ends for Penn State I think will have a real chance to get after McCord They can get through against the Ohio State offensive line. They can get to the quarterback, and their secondary will give them a chance to have a little bit more time to rush the quarterback. They've got maybe the best secondary in the Big Ten, if not the country. Kalen King and Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be an outstanding matchup. Two potential first-round picks. Certainly Harrison Jr. will be. Kalen King looks like he is 
trending in that direction. That's a matchup to keep an eye on. Chop Robinson, the defensive end in his second year with the Nittany Lions after transferring from Maryland. A lot of people think he will be a first-round pick. And then the Nittany Lions have another surefire first-rounder on the other side in the trenches, as I mentioned, Ola Fashionu, their great left tackle, who, by the way, there was a great feature story on ESPN recently about he and Caleb Williams being high school teammates. Could you imagine playing against a high school team that had probably the best offensive lineman in the country and likely the best quarterback in the country? That certainly would be a handful. They played at Gonzaga High School in the Washington, D.C. area. But Fashanu, an opportunity, obviously, not just to solidify himself as a first-round pick because that's a slam dunk, but to solidify himself as maybe the best non-quarterback in the entire draft. I think he and Harrison both will be in that discussion. Should be a great game. Again, noon on Saturday, number seven, Penn State, number three, Ohio State. Winner will have an inside track at a playoff spot, of course, Michigan, which is sitting at number two in the country and likely will not be challenged over the next couple of weeks, also is in that conversation. But this will be, to this point, I think the biggest game of the college football season. And if you're a Nittany Lions fan, They always say unrivaled. They don't have a a true rivalry, certainly not in the Big Ten. Speaking as a Nittany Lion alum, I have always looked at Ohio State as the big rivalry matchup. I think that this is an opportunity to put themselves on the map in college football as an absolute elite team. Now, if they win this, lose to Michigan, and don't make the playoffs, it's somewhat for naught. But for James Franklin, you remember after that loss about a half decade ago against Ohio State, he said that they're done being really good. They want to get to elite. This is probably the best opportunity they have had in his entire tenure, a decade now, with the win. I think that they would be considered, at least for the time being, an elite program. It'll be interesting to see how it turns out tomorrow at noon. A big, big matchup between two top 10 teams in the Big Ten. We'll take a break. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And then get back into some baseball talk and the MLB postseason. And if it needs potentially realigned because there is a lot of controversy surrounding it. We've got some really good games, but the question is, are the best teams still playing in the AL and NLCS at this point? The Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply at 84lumber.com. Sean Myers will continue with the Fan Early Morning Show after this right here on 93.7 The Fan. Back with you for another 10 minutes or so here on the Fan Early Morning Show. I'm Sean Myers, your host until I hand things off to Adam Crowley, Doran Dickerson, Shelby Cassessi for this Friday extravaganza. Talked about Ohio State, Penn State, maybe to this point the biggest college football matchup of the 2023 season upcoming tomorrow. And so college football certainly getting to the point now where it's Under the microscope, the biggest games upcoming and forthcoming over the next month or so. And it's certainly the biggest games of the year in Major League Baseball as the NL and ALCS continue. Last night, we had both series transpiring with 
The Arizona Diamondbacks defeating the Philadelphia Phillies to get their first win in that series. It's now 2-1 to one in favor of the Phillies. Philadelphia certainly seems like the favorite still at this point, but the D-backs making a series of it as they got a walk-off win at home. And the Astros, well, they've done more than make a series of it. They've gotten back even courtesy of their 10-3 win against the Texas Rangers. Texas winning the first two, and they looked like an absolute juggernaut at that point, just making quick work of the competition to that point of the playoffs. But, of course, as expected, the Strohs, a team that is battle-tested in October, they get two in a row, and so now that becomes a best-of-three series as it is, as I mentioned, tied to two games apiece. Well, I said it's now a best-of-three series, meaning the first team to win two will take the best-of-seven. But it is a shorter series that has been somewhat controversial in the Major League Baseball playoffs. And really, I think what we have seen in the second year of this new system with the playoffs, six teams making it from the AL, six teams making it from the NL, the top two teams getting buys, and the belief now, because three of the four teams that received buys this year do not advance to the championship series. They were bounced in the first series. The only one that made it through is the Houston Astros, whereas the Baltimore Orioles in the American League and the Atlanta Braves, who had legitimately one of the best regular seasons over the past several decades in the NL, along with the Los Angeles Dodgers, they all lost after having a little bit more time off than baseball teams are used to having throughout the season. And so the question becomes, is there a better way to format the Major League Baseball playoffs? Is it truly, at this point, the best teams still remaining? And I think it's pretty clear that while these are outstanding teams, they are probably not the best teams in terms of over the long haul because baseball, more than any other sport, it's about a massive sample size. They play twice the length of the regular season of the NHL and NBA, 162 games, with the whole idea that over six months straight of action, playing nearly every day, the best teams will eventually separate themselves. And that's what the Dodgers did. That's what the Braves did. That's what the Orioles did. For the Astros, it came down to the wires, the Astros and Orioles, or excuse me, the Astros and Rangers, who came down to literally the final day of the season to determine who would win the division and who would simply be a wild card team. And the Astros actually, when they talked about their time off, their little break, they said it was beneficial to them because they had been in playoff mode for such a long time just to get in because it was a three teams to get in at a four-team scenario with the Mariners, Blue Jays, and then the Astros and Rangers all in the mix. They needed that mental break. They needed that break to kind of recover, whereas the other three teams had sort of been coasting to the playoffs. They had secured spots well in advance. Is there a better way for Major League Baseball now that we have six teams from each than having the top two teams get buys? I don't know. It it certainly feels like it's tough in baseball to determine the best teams over the span of six months in the regular season and then have it not really matter and come down to a best of three or a best of five. And now once you get to the championship, a best of seven series to determine who's the best team. But I don't think there's an easy answer. The likelihood is that probably a few years down the road, it expands to eight teams on each side, meaning no teams will have that layoff. Because, again, if you ask the Braves, if you ask the Dodgers, if you ask the Orioles, they're probably telling you that that was a detriment, that they had to rest. Even though, theoretically, that's good in terms of lining up your pitching, having fresh arms, having all the players get a little opportunity to recharge the batteries. It just doesn't play out like that because baseball is a sport 
where teams are not used to resting other than the all-star break. It just never happens. You don't have the bye week like you do in the NFL. And again, with Major League Baseball, it's different than the NHL and the NBA, where it's a little bit more, uh, I guess, comparable in terms of the playoff series as opposed to how the regular season unfolds. I really feel like the NBA, you get your truest champion. The NHL, it's a a lot about not just having momentum, but whichever team is healthiest. Football, obviously, it's a one and done, but it does feel like most years, the best teams, certainly the teams that peak at the right time, are still standing at the end. Baseball, though, it is a complete crapshoot. You get into the playoffs, whether you're the one seed or the six seed, it doesn't really seem to matter. I think many people love that parody. Others would say that the regular season, the best teams are probably truly the ones that deserve the accolades. And then once you get into the playoffs, there's really no advantage for the teams that were the best through 162. I don't know the right answer. I know it makes for an exciting time of year. But ultimately, I think changes will be on the horizon. We've heard enough complaints to know that down the road, Major League Baseball will make a change. That'll do it here on the Fan Early Morning Show. We'll now turn it over to the pros as Adam Crowley, Doran Dickerson, and Shelby Cassessi will take you up until 10 o'clock. But for now, Sean Meyer signing off. You've been listening to the Fan Early Morning Show right here on 93.7 The Fan. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.